for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is March 15, 2022. And today's guest hails from the Show Me State, and his name is Andy Hicks. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is number 205. Today's guest is Andy Hicks from Missouri. And guys, little little disclaimer up front. This podcast is pretty 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 heavy, pretty strong. Um this podcast, Andy dedicates a deer to one of his real good buddies, hunting buddies that had passed away this summer. And he dedicated this deer to him and uh he pursued this deer and was I'm just going to tell you, he was able to to capitalize, and it's a really cool story. Um, this one hit home for me, and it's just neat. Andy reached out to me and wanted to tell this story, and I said, hell yeah, dude, let's let's do this. So um, this is a good one. I'm not going to do a big intro today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a couple partners here before we do get into this. So uh, right off the rip, Helix Broadheads. If you guys are wanting to know anything about Helix Broadheads, go to www.helixbroadheads.com. You can order them there. You can ask questions about them there. Um, tell them I sent you. I prefer the 125 grains. I, I shot those last year. I'm shooting them again this year. They did awesome for me. These guys, these broadheads are just flat-out workhorses. They are awesome. Uh, the next one is Novix Tree Stands. Go to NovixOutdoors.com to check out all their products. I personally am going to be using the Mini Stick 17-inch Mini Sticks with the Hilo next year. I do have a Novix Echo, and I have the full-length sticks as well. But those stand, that stand 
And those sticks are going to be like a set stand for me, probably a morning spot where I know I can just slip in and already have a stand hanging. So they offer a lot of things and they got some cool swag, cool hoodies, cool hats, stickers, everything. So go check them out at novixoutdoors.com. So with that being said, thank you guys very much for all the support. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And here is this interview with Andy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. Today, I have Andy Hicks on the other line. Andy, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on the 200. That's pretty awesome. That's that's a big a big accomplishment in the podcast world. So congratulations on that. I appreciate that, man. Um, it you know I've talked about it before, and it seems like it seems like it was kind of unobtainable when I started. It's like you know 200 episodes, like even 100, like 100 was big, and then it's like oh, okay, you know 200 was even bigger than 100 for me, and now I'm like. When's this gonna stop? Like when I'm, I mean, is it a thousand? Is that what I saw? Yeah, <laughs> you know what for I mean. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I appreciate yeah, I that. Kind of like, kind of like working class when they talk about, yeah, when's the next milestone? I think a thousand fits perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's I don't know how many years that is away, but that's that's a lot. Hopefully, I am yep. still doing it. You know, a thousand episodes or a thousand episodes into, it. I hope I love it. So, we'll for see. sure. Well, cool, man. I mean, you are from Missouri, correct? Yes, I was born and raised in a, a little town called Calhoun, Missouri. Um, Mom and Dad lived in town whenever I was a newborn, and then uh, they ended up buying a 40-acre farm south of town, um, which that's what I grew up you know, on, ran around, and I remember whenever I was really little, just running around shooting squirrels with my PSE little mini burner, whatever oh, yeah. it was, but yeah, so that's what I did a lot. I spent a lot of times outdoors, and so yeah, that's that's where I'm from, Missouri. So nice, man. So how long have you been like ate up with whitetails and and hunting whitetails? Well, uh, it was always kind of a family tradition. It ran in my family ever since I can remember. Just like I tell everybody, you know, I I don't remember a time when I was not hunting. Um, I started rifle hunting with my dad when I was six years old. Um, I killed my first deer when I was seven seven years old. Um, it was something I enjoyed to do come, come around November, you know, I always look forward to it, doing it with my dad and the rest of my family. Sure. Um, I, it didn't really take off. I didn't really love it until I started bow hunting. Um, and when I started bow hunting, it all really, really took off. Um, I started bow hunting when I was 12 years old. Um, let's see, I bow hunted that year. I actually had a really nice eight come in my first year and just the first time jitters, of course I could not get my bow pulled back. <laughs> uh, watched that deer at like 20 yards and I had shot all summer long. I mean, all summer long. I have, I had a, a bare white tail too is what I shot. Oh yeah. I think everybody um, had that bow. <laughs> yeah. Know? No joke. But, uh, yeah, I shot with that and you know, it just became to the point where it was muscle memory with me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm ready. And that eight point stepped out and yeah, I couldn't get my bow back. And I'm like, what the heck, man, this is, this ain't cool. And sat there and watched him. And then he, you know, fed off. And 10 minutes later, I looked at my bow and I'm like, 
I picked it up and pulled it back perfectly. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I've yeah. never been bit by that bug to where I couldn't get my bow back yet. I mean, I've been into a lot of situations where buck fevers took, you know, taken over and I've missed. You know, it's just like you rush a shot or something you miss or not hit the deer good. And, you know, and but I've never had an issue to where I couldn't get my bow back. And I'm not a big strapping guy by any means, but it's like that's a that's a that's a different level. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like that. That's eight up right there. Yeah, I know it was crazy. Like I was shaking so bad, it was, I, it was like a good feeling, but at the same time, it <laughs> it made you really mad because it's just like I cannot believe I just did that. Yeah, uh, hunted hard that year, <clears throat> had that opportunity, um, which it was still you know a lesson I, in my mind. I was like, okay, I did beat that deer at his game. He was twenty yards broadside. He was there. I'm doing something right. Sure. Um, and then the following year I went out, uh, it was in October and I actually ended up killing a doe for my first one. And I, to be honest with you, I, I remember the shot. Uh, but after that, it was just all kind of, my legs was shaking so bad. It was just, <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. And you know, the best thing about it is I made a good enough shot that the, I actually watched the deer run 20 yards and fall. That's awesome. So yeah went up and got it and that at that point it was like okay this this is gonna be a big part of my life and mm -hmm. you know it, it truly has been i've had i've had amazing trips i've met amazing people um yeah it's it's truly a blessing for sure heck yeah man and you know the, you for you being 12 years old and realizing that that time you couldn't get your bow back but you still like took the good out of you know I was in the right position I did everything right except you know I got to work on this you know for yeah. you to be able to, to to recognize that that young that's that's saying something because I didn't recognize that till late like I'll, I'm not gonna lie to you last year is like when it really hit me uh, I missed a buck and I wanted to be so upset at myself but when I was in the stand, I'm like, you know what? Why am I upset about it? Because I did everything right to, to beat that deer other than, you know, the shot execution. And you got to find a way to, to bring a positive into it. And I'm still working on it. But for you to be able to recognize that early, that's that's saying something, man. For sure, yeah. It's like my fiance, you know, she she's been deer hunting for two years now. Um, her first time last year, she shot a, a button buck with the rifle for her first one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, she was ate up with it. She had a good time. And, you know, that was the first hunt she's that first deer hunt she's ever actually been on, you know? And, uh, I'm like, it don't always happen like that. And, right. you know, this year's season, it really, it really showed. Cause you know, she, she had some slumps. Uh, this is the first year she actually tried, you know, actually hunted hard. Um, she ended up missing a doe. She hit one bad. Um, and then, you know, late doe season with the rifle rolled around and, uh, she didn't really want to go, but it was like, you know, I understand, you know, you're kicking yourself. Everyone does, but you know, what you got to realize is, is if you're going to do this, you're going to have things happen. You're going to have things go wrong. And, and like we was just talking about, you got to take the good out of it and, and, you know, roll with the punches and keep on going. And for sure. And she did. And she ended up tagging a doe, you know, late season, um, got it on film and, 
it was all good stuff but yeah that's just that's part of it you got to take the punches and roll you know i mean yep. you can't stay in a slump forever because you, you just got to get out there and you got to keep trying you got to keep running scenarios through your head of what you could do best and and just go with it mm-hmm. yeah i agree 100 percent. well cool man i mean that gives a good background there a backstory and everything um to get into today's today's story which is is going to be in my opinion a really impactful one and i think it might hit a lot of people hard um i think because it's this one's uh this one's a heavy hitter in my opinion and um you know to kind of give everybody context you killed a, a great buck this year um but you had some other underlining things that were were going on that uh that were pretty hard. I could only imagine it never happened to me. So, I mean, with that being said, let's, let's get into it. Let's first talk about, um, you know, this buck, this buck, like how, when did you first, you know, know of them, um, learn of them and you know, what, what made you want to go after this deer? Well, last year, um, last year, deer season, uh, I watched a two and a half year old six and he was really tall. Um, I guess I'll start with our farm is a, it's a 40 acre farm. There's a lot of pressure around it. And so our farm, we particularly manage for three and a half year old or better. Okay. Um, but yeah, the six point, uh, two and a half year old last year, really tall, um, had some, you know, like I said, he's just really tall. He's a really cool looking deer. And, um, watched him for a little while and then he kind of disappeared towards the end of rifle season so i'm like okay well somebody probably shot him or something you know all the scenario you know all the scenarios that run through your head oh yeah yep um but he was definitely one of the ones i was like okay he he could be a, a pretty good deer next year he could blow up and the one thing that i could tell about him is on his left side main beam out towards the end of his main beam he kind of like had a an arch a little bit it's not very distinct in pictures but if you're if you're actually holding them you can see a little bit of an arch okay and <clears throat> that's what he had well uh i normally don't get my cameras out to till late june early july um so this this year or last year i got my cameras out in late june started running them i had four bucks it was three and a half year old or better um Three of them was four-year-olds for sure, um, just good deer. Um, and then I had this three-and-a-half-year-old show up, and I'm like, oh, crap, that's that's that six from last year. He's a seven this year. I mean, he put on some pretty dang good growth. Um, so, yeah, I saw him, and he was like clockwork. Every single night he was he was coming to the camera. I mean, it it was just one of those deer. It's like, man, I, if he stays in this, and as long as I can get on him before he drops his velvet, I think I'll have a pretty good chance at him. And, yep. you know, the other deer, they was kind of, you know, one or two times a week they would come by, but they was in the area. But, yeah, so that's pretty much when I found him. I kept a close eye on him. Um, and then mid-July rolled around, and he was still really, um, you know, coming in a lot. And, uh, I actually got the news that, um, one of my best friends from high school, um, we went hunting when we was in high school, you know, you know how it is when you get out oh, of yeah. high school, things buddies change. And, yeah. You change yeah. kind of separate ways a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what it was. Um, 
Well, I got word that he had passed away and, uh, you know, it, it hit me hard. And, um, anyways, we went to his funeral that Sunday and I was going to check trail cams that following Tuesday. And I told myself, I said, okay, the next buck that I get on camera, that's three and a half year old or better, you know, the bucks I've been watching, that's the one I'm going to, that's the one I'm going to chase you know, for, for Devin. Yep. And, uh, so I go out to the farm that following Tuesday and I, I run the trail cams. I, and I wasn't running cell cams at the time, which I just started doing that. And that's a, that's a total game changer. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got the SD cards back at the house, put them in the laptop and lo and behold, it was the seven, the first deer that showed up since his funeral on Sunday. So this was in July, you said? Yes, July. Okay, so what, you know, first buck that shows up, and I mean, that's, man, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. You know what I mean? It's just, um, that's, 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 uh, that's impactful, you know? So I guess what was your mindset when you're flipping through that laptop? Like, you know, boom, there he is. And it's like, what are you thinking then? Well, in the back of my mind, I had a feeling it was going to be that deer. Cause like yep. I said, he was there night and day. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was whole all body. the time. He was he a homebody. He lived right there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, see behind the farm, there is a bunch of conservation and he lived right in that thick stuff. I mean, it's thick core ground and, um, but yeah, and he's, like I said, he's the first buck I saw and I'm like, okay, this, this is the one right here This you know, this this is the buck I want to kill for him. And, uh, he had a, he had a two and a half year old nine point. He's a typical eight that was running with him and he had a kicker off his eye guard, which, which made him a nine, but, um, <clears throat> he was running with him. I mean, every single picture I had of him, that nine was somewhere there. You know, I'd get two or three pictures of the seven and then here'd come the nine and that'll play in a little bit more as we go. But, uh, but yeah, so finding that deer, um, and you know, that just made me even more motivated to shoot my bow. Just, you know, just trying to get everything right, get, get right mentally, um, to, you know, get in and try to kill this deer. Yeah, dude. And I know, I, I kind of, I kind of know how, how that goes, like the scenario you're in. Um, my, my wife's grandfather, I was close to him. Um, the year that I killed my Iowa deer, the great Hambino, I, I made a trip out there for the first part of October. And while I was there, he passed away. Um, and I went as far as like, I, I tape, put a piece of tape on my bow that year and put his initials on it. And then I end up killing a deer of a lifetime that year. So I've never really told that story. Um, but that deer was dedicated to him a lot of ways because, uh, sure. he, he was such a good man. Um, and he wasn't even my grandfather. He was, you know, through marriage, he was, but, um, you know, I, I've known him for a long time, even before my wife and I were even dating. I've, I, I knew him and knew him real well. And he was like a grandfather to me, you know, so I definitely yeah. know how that can, that can impact, um, one's, I guess I could say drive for it. Um, you know, and really tried, it, it really centered me, you know what I mean? Uh, at that point in time, like, you know, I, this means a little bit more because, because, uh, I have something else to like, to, to do it for. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So that I, I totally get where you're coming from, but, 
um, back to the back to your story here a little bit. So you're in July. You've got two months until you guys open because you guys open September fifteenth. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So what is your head space like right now? Obviously, shoot your bow, get everything dialed. But as far as like game planning for the first couple of hunts, like what are you thinking? You know, coming into August and then end of August, like how are you trying to like pinpoint this deer and figure out how to kill him? Well, of course, you know how deer are whenever they shed their velvet, you know, gone. everything, everything <laughs> you know. changes. So that was, that was kind of one of my worries that was kind of in my back pocket, but I, I was wanting to stay positive the best I can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that I was just really keeping a close eye on him, making sure that, you know, he was staying in there and making sure it would be even be possible to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see, late August rolls around. He's there, and then I think it was the 3rd of September, I get a picture of him, and he's hard-horned. Okay. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, you know? What What, <laughs> what is he doing? What, like, what's his What's his pattern like? I mean, you guys can – you can you bait in Missouri where you're at? Yes, out of season, you can bait. Okay, so are you, um, is he on a mineral lick a lot or on a bait site that you're getting him on? Yes, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, he's – Basically, just uh, a trophy rock and corn. Yep, yep. Um, so he's, he's just consistent there then? Yes, he is consistent there. Okay. I should have classified on that earlier. No, um, that's fine. That's fine. I should be pulling those questions out of you. That's why I'm <laughs> I'm the host. No, it's so. fine. <laughs> but <laughs> do you, did you have a good idea? I mean, you're on 40 acres. I guess it might be a good idea to, to briefly break down the 40. Like, what does the 40 consist of? The 40 consists of pretty much it's... So it's, it'd be 10 acre pasture, 30, um, timber. Um, it's got a rolling Creek through the middle of it. Just, it splits the property pretty much. And that helps out a lot with the deer herd. Okay. Um, actually the stand I killed him out of is, uh, the, the Creek that runs right through it is directly behind my stand. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he had everything there. You know, like I said, the, the property that was behind us, it, it it's really, really thick. I mean, really thick. It's got a cedar thicket in it, and you cannot walk through that thing. I mean, it's just impossible. I'd love to to bash into it with you know for shed season, but it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just impossible. But you know, there's a couple spots back there like that. Um, so yeah, he's got everything he needs right there. Um, he's got bedding, food, water, um. And of course they got, you know, they browse in the timber and everything. So he's got everything he needs right there. I gotcha. So with these other bucks that were around as well during, you know, July and August, are they still frequenting, uh, the area as well? Yeah, but not as much. Okay. And you know, they're the older deer and I've, I've really learned this this last year. I've learned a lot this last year. You know, once the, once those deer hit that, that four and a half year old mark, they're a totally different animal. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I really saw that this year. I had a buck that I, I really wanted to kill this past season. A neighbor ended up shooting him. Um, but yeah, he was three and a half year old. He was, he was doing exactly what the seven was doing. And then, you know, he, he made it to four and a half and boom, he just changed. Yep. But, um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the layout of the property and stuff. That's, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, those bucks, they was one of them was pretty consistent uh that's actually a buck that shelby wanted to kill uh-huh. my fiance 
and uh he was pretty consistent but he yeah he shed his his velvet and boom he was gone i didn't see him till till november so uh but yeah i got you so you know coming into september you said september 3rd he shows up and he's hard horn then yep okay so explain to me you know how the pictures because you got roughly i mean 13 days until opener from that so you're i mean you're just inside two weeks so you got to be chomping at the bit like walk me through those next 13 days of you know what is he doing is he still showing up consistent or is he very hit or miss is it all night pictures like what's he doing so the the september 3rd picture um it was right before dark um you know he was there i was i was looking at him and i'm like man i gotta i just gotta keep an eye on this deer i can't i can't get in and intrude very much so i gotta be smart about this um so i decided to to stay out um and go back in a couple days before season to to pull the sd card and check it really good Mm -hmm. um so yeah i did just that i went in and i pulled it on the 10th and he showed up for maybe three or four days in between that third and the 15th and i'm like okay so he's not as you know sporadic uh, or you know he is sporadic he's he's not coming in as much as he was but he's still in the area because on the on like the 10th he was i think he was there on the 9th so i was like okay well he's still in here i'm gonna back out i had to work the first two days of season then i had friday saturday and sunday the first weekend of both season off so i knew i would get some time to hunt him and of course it was hard juggling it with a with a newborn and everything so um but you know we got in there and made it happen but uh anyways so yeah just basically uh, uh, you know the less intrusion was gonna i know was gonna help me just staying out of there and when mm-hmm. i did go in there to check make sure i spray down every, and you know be completely scent free the best i can yep yep um, so knowing i mean you know how it is in September in, in Missouri. I've been there. You know, it's hotter than the hinges of Haiti. It's green mm-hmm. all over. There's ticks everywhere. There's mosquitoes everywhere. There's yeah. freaking poison ivy everywhere. I hate it. I absolutely hate yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so with him being so sporadic, are you like in the evenings or whenever you have free time, are you trying to figure out like, are you looking at maps and trying to figure out where there's deers living? Like, because to me, the way it makes me or way... I think just by hearing you say the story is like, he's probably not betting on you. That's what I'm thinking. Um, no. Was, so were you just trying to figure out where this deer home range was? And, and, you know, was the thought of just him coming to your property just for the mineral lick in the corn? Was it like, okay, this might be like the end of his range where I'm at? So, yeah, pretty much that's kind of what it is. I mean, every every year I, I quit pouring corn out, you know, towards the end of August. And, um, and that's pretty much what, what the bucks there do. They come in there and they'll still look for it cause they think it's still there. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, towards the end of September, it just kind of, you know, slows down. You'll have this past year was pretty good cause I still had bucks showing up pretty frequently. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my main worry with him and, and that's kind of what I figured he was going to do. 
and that's why I was getting so worried checking trail cams because he was there every day and every night. And of course now he's every two or three days and, you know, it just really slowed down, but I'm pretty sure he was betting it would have been on that property that are on the, the public ground next to me that has all that thick stuff. Like I said, I know a lot of deer live in that cedar thicket in there. Yep. Um, cause that cedar thicket's probably a hundred yards from the stand and <clears throat> I always see him coming from there all the time, late evenings. And, and so I know that's where he was potentially living. I know he was living over there cause that's where he'd come from. I got you on the, on the West side of the, the farm. It's a highway. Um, so it does kind of keep the deer in there a, a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I do know, I did notice that in trail cam picks, he was, you know, coming from that east side which was that all that thick stuff over there so so do you guys get like a more predominant west wind a lot yes pretty much so that's probably that's what i'm thinking in my head he's coming from the east he lives to the east because he knows he has good wind coming to your spot your place you know the wind in his face majority of the time so that had to be a decision you had to make as well and like how you're going to get in there and hunt him just because you know, it's probably, if I'm guessing, it's probably hard to hunt him on any west wind, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's very hard. You got to be really selective and, you know, constantly have a wind checker or something to yeah to see what the wind's doing. Because, I mean, I always have one with me in the tree whenever I hunt that farm because yep. you never know. I've busted deer at, okay, it's a good wind. I'm going to go in and set this. I get up there. I get everything set up. Everything's good. Wind's good. And 30 minutes later, boom, it's straight to the west. Yeah. So, or straight to the east. So it's like, you got to be kidding me. But yeah, it was, that was one thing that was going on through my head was I got to make sure to crash in on this spot. I got to be really selective with my days and, and make sure I get in, you know, on the right wind and make sure my thermals are good and, and all that good stuff. Yep. So what kind of hunter are you as, as far as like, are you a hang and hunt guy or are you doing presets? Like, are you setting stands before season, um, cut, you know, to lower your intrusion possibly, but like, how, how do you do that? Um, as of this past year, I'm kind of both. I always used to do it my dad's way. You know, we'd have stands hung, you know, and all year round on our farm. And of course we go in and check them early, make sure the straps aren't faulty or anything. But this past year we just started doing some hanging bangs and stuff like that. And that's a lot of fun on new pieces and, and, you know, getting to learn other places. But, um, so yeah, this past year I started doing that a little bit more. And I think this next year I'm going to invest into a saddle and start hunting with one of those and, you know, open my range up a little bit more. Yep. So this one is a, as a preset then it's already in the tree. Uh, yes, it is a preset. Okay. Now, did you have, I'm sure you've probably got like numerous sets on this 40 acres. Like I guess coming into September, you said you had to work the two days of season, first two days of season. Like, how are you trying to decipher what stand you're going to go to? Well, he was predominantly showing up in that stand we've been talking about by the Creek. Um, but he's been showing up on a couple other cameras. I had a, uh, I actually have a muddy blind, uh, one of the bell muddy blinds, um, to the West side of the property. 
and he was showing up on on that one a little bit but not a whole lot i didn't really have high hopes there mm-hmm. um but you know the first night of uh, the first night i could get out and hunt i actually had a a, a good east wind for for that that stand and i'm like okay well i'm going tonight i'm gonna make sure i keep an eye on the wind and i'm gonna go ahead and crash in on it and see what happens um yeah so i get up there i get set up and you know it stays a true east wind all night i see some does i see i see uh, a couple little bucks good up and coming bucks and uh that was about it um saturday night i had a, a wedding to attend yeah um so i couldn't make it i I don't hunt or you know mornings early season at all um i mean if it if you got a deer that's coming in early season in the morning you think you can get on them and kill them i just i've had bad experiences doing that yeah <laughs> so yep. i kind of stay away from that but but yeah i had a wedding that following saturday night and i'm like go to that i'm like okay i can hunt sunday night uh check the wind again for the sunday night hunt uh it was perfect east wind you know mother nature's being perfect <laughs> right. so i'm like something's got to line up soon you know i'm getting perfect winds is he on um, camera at all in this time frame so i was coming in sunday night to check the camera okay um before i get in the stand i i have my sd card reader with me i pull the sd card i get up in the stand not messing around or anything get everything set up it's early and i um pull out my sd card reader and put it in my phone and uh no seven at all nothing but so he hasn't shown up since the 9th of september then to this point correct okay but that smaller typical eight that he was running with was there every single night but friday night the night i hunted okay and I'm like, okay, well, he's in here. They was running buddies all summer long. That seven has got to be in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know how it is with trail cams. They only get one view, right. you know, because so, he could have been in there every single night, just not in front of the camera. So, yeah, the seven was in there, and he was there fairly fairly early in the evening. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe we'll get lucky. I sat there. I didn't see anything all the way up till dark. Um, I get everything packed up, put away, and I literally, I put my carabiner on my bag and my bow to lower it down. I get it lowered down and I turn around and face the tree to climb down out of the stand and I hear something to my right. And I'm like, okay, that, that's gotta be a deer. Well, I kind of pan over a little bit and I see a black mass and it's at 20 yards and i'm like i'm stuck it was too dark to shoot anyways yeah yep i'm like okay i'm stuck what am i gonna do and then all of a sudden i see horn or you know antlers yep and i'm like okay it's a buck and i'm looking i'm really looking and sure enough it's that eight and i'm like crap <laughs> yeah now i'm uh, stuck the first thing <laughs> the first thing that went through my mind is is okay where is where is that seven at right and i'm looking everywhere as slow and as much as i can to look and i, I didn't see him but yeah that eight he hung out there for maybe 10 minutes and he kind of went on you know back into where they bed and so i 
was quiet as I could getting out. I knew I did not want to mess that up at all. Uh-huh. Um, so I got out really quietly, came back, told my dad, my dad couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, so that was the end of the, the weekend and now going, I had to work the next two days. So I have a swing shift to where I, where, where I work. Okay. And you know, so I work two on, two off, you know, that kind of stuff. So you knew and, the next couple of days were out for hunting. You weren't going to be on a Monday or Tuesday then. Correct. And that's why I was like, man, I, did I miss my opportunity? Like there isn't anything I could have done. Cause he didn't, he wasn't there whenever he was supposed yep. to be there. Yeah. So but yeah, going in the next two days, I'm like, crap, I can't hunt. And I know the Monday was another east wind. So I'm kind of like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I can't hunt it. And that's the night he's probably going to be there. <laughs> and, you know, just everything's running through my head. I wanted to kill, kill this deer so bad. I got, a, I got a question for you. Since you were hunting on an east winds and you're in your head, east wind is what you need to get in there. But maybe that's not the wind that he comes in on. Um, was that ever a factor for you? Like, you know, maybe I should go back and look at these cameras and 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 go back and kind of reference weather underground. Like, what ways the wind coming in the days that he comes in in daylight? Did you ever think about doing something like that? I actually did. I went back and looked at the wind and the wind. You know, on the days he was there, and towards the end of april into september he was coming in on a south wind august and september he liked kind of yes uh he was coming in on a on kind of a south it would have been a southwest wind is what he was doing okay so that's what he liked and i'm like okay well that's maybe why he didn't you know come in so i'm like all right well just keep a an eye on the wind for you know Wednesday and Thursday, I had Wednesday and Thursday that week off. I'm like, well, just keep an eye on the wind and see what it's going to do. And we can go off of that. And uh, Wednesday rolled around and we had a straight west wind. So I'm like, okay, I can't hunt that stand. That's out of the, that's out. So I'm like, all right, well, I had another stand that was actually pretty good for that. It kind of blew past all where the deer bed and stuff. Um, so I hit that spot and I actually had another decent year and a half year old eight that I passed at 20 yards. So that was pretty cool. And so the Thursday we actually had some family plans come up. Um, so I didn't really have any plans of going hunting that night and we ended up doing that early and I told you know, my fiance, I'm, I look first thing I did was I pulled my phone out and I looked at the wind and I'm like, you ain't going to believe it. It is a Southwest wind. I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, you know, I don't know what he's been doing the last couple of days there, but that's the wind he liked. Yep. I'm like, okay, this is it. And I told her and she's like, all right, you know, go ahead and go do your thing. And, uh, so I went out to the farm, got everything out of the truck, sprayed down really good. And walked down to the stand and um, <clears throat> got up in it, you know, and got everything set up. And, you know, I, I've always kind of been go, go, go mm-hmm. whenever it comes to that stuff. But I tried something a little different. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be laid back most of the day. I'm not going to think about it much. You know, try not to think about it much. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go do what I love to do. Yep. And <clears throat> so I main thing is I didn't want to get worked up. 
because in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm 95% that deer is going to be there. I'm 95% sure that deer is going to be there, but I don't know. And the main thing was, I, like I said, I just did not want to get my hopes up. I didn't want to make mistakes. Um, so I just, just kind of laid back the, the rest of the day going out to the farm. I was just laid back and, and like I said, I got up in the stand and got everything set up and, uh, I did not pull my trail cam cause I don't know if you've ever done that, but if you've ever like went into a spot where it's like, I really want to check my trail cam, but I don't know if I want to, cause if there's not anything on it, I won't yeah. be as, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, kind of like that. I'm like, I don't really want to check it. I'm just going to hunt. So I get up there and I start hunting and five o'clock rolls around. I haven't seen much. Um, I saw a couple does way off. Um, and then five thirty rolls around. I'm on my phone texting, uh, my fiance and, there were squirrels all around me all night. So I'm like hearing everything. And well, I hear something in, across the Creek behind me and it sounded like a squirrel. And I'm like talking, you know, texting her. So I kind of like put my phone down for a minute and I listen and I don't hear it anymore. And I'm like, you know, it was probably just a squirrel. So I go back to my phone like an idiot and texting her. And then all of a sudden I hear, a sand rock kick over in the creek and i'm like oh i don't think that's a squirrel <laughs> yeah so i quietly put my phone away as slow as i can and this particular point where i heard that it's 10 yards right behind me directly down so and i'm he, 21 feet up so whatever it is is right on you yeah and i'm like oh crap so by the time i managed to get my phone in my pocket and i look over my left shoulder boom, there's a deer right there coming up out of the creek. And I'm like, and he had his head away from me. And I'm sitting there and maybe five seconds goes by. He lifts his head up and I'm like, I cannot freaking believe it. It's the seven. And I instantly started shaking really bad. Like <laughs> everything was running through my mind. I'm like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. And then I'm like sitting there thinking for a minute. I'm like, I need to calm down. Like <laughs> you've been through this before. I need to calm down. And I realized what deer it was. Now I need to take my, my eyes off his headgear and, and keep looking at where I'm going to shoot at him. Right. And, uh, and like I said, you know, he was 10 yards broadside. I had a camera in the tree. I planned on filming the hunt, but it was like, okay, he's right there. I got time for two things. Or I got time for one thing. What am I going to do? You know, am I going to shoot this deer? Or I'm going to film it. I'm like, I, I came in here to kill this deer. I'm going to kill this deer. So, uh, yeah, he takes a couple steps. And by this time he's out of the Creek and he's standing broadside. Well, he's kind of looking up towards the field. He's not looking at me, but he's looking past me. Yep. How so, far, how far is he away? About 10 yards. Oh my 10, gosh. 10 to 12 yards at this time. And I'm like, you know, like I said, he's looking up towards the field and I'm like, I cannot move at all. I don't like moving anytime I know the deer can potentially see me. So I'm like, all right, I'll just stay still. And when I, that's the thing, when I was going to grab my bow, that's when he looked up towards the field. He didn't see me or nothing. So my arm's kind of out there reaching for my bow. 
I'm starting to get a cramp and because, <laughs> you know, he looks up towards the field for what seemed like an eternity. And uh, finally, he puts his head down and kind of looks the other way. So I grabbed my bow. And when I did, and I wasn't even standing up or nothing, I was sitting down. Like I said, I didn't have time to do anything. And so I put my bow, you know, kind of aiming down towards him. I got my release on my D loop. I'm ready to go. But the problem is, whenever I was ready to go, he was facing straight away from me. He had turned in that time. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And you so still got to get a, your bow back. <laughs> yeah. He takes a couple steps and stands there forever. And literally, at this point, I'm just waiting for him to start turning so I can pull back. That's all I'm waiting for. Yeah. And... About that time, coming from all that thick stuff on the other side of the fence, on the public ground, here comes a doe. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then in the creek where he came from, here comes another doe. And I'm like, okay, well, this just got 10 times harder. <laughs> Eyes are multiplying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, now I got to really be careful. And they hit the same creek bank he was on and you know they just kind of you know what deer do they just kind of looked at each other for a minute and the does just kept doing what they was doing and oh he probably stood there for about three minutes just facing away from me and that's not even over exaggerating i know it feels like forever but that's probably realistically about what it was yeah and all of a sudden, I'm kind of like just watching him. I'm just kind of in the moment. And all of a sudden, this deer starts turning. And I'm like, okay, i got to pull back now. <laughs> like, yep. you know, it's it's all about to go down. And he turns, and I, I draw my bow back. I anchor. Perfect. Okay. There's his shoulder. A couple inches back. Thwack. And I could tell from the sound, the, the shot sounded perfect. I had a split second to see where the arrow hit and it did look a little back, but I'm like, okay, well, he runs 30 yards up and he stops. And at this point he's facing away from me. And when he's facing away from me, my, I see my arrow drop out of him on the other side. Oh, really? And I'm like, okay, you know, blood porn. I'm like, oh, this deer. Oh, okay. I did it. You know, yeah. I did it. And I think it was a good shot. It did look a little back, but I felt I felt pretty good about it. And he stands there. He kind of, he's still on our property, and he kind of starts getting wobbly a little bit. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, he's going to crash right there. Nope, he gets his feet back underneath him. He walks to the fence. He jumps the fence onto public, and he goes behind this great big briar bush, and I can't see him anymore. And I'm like, I know I just 12-ring that deer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at my bow. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I cannot believe this. Right. And I don't see him anymore. I don't hear him. And I sat there for a, a good couple of minutes. And I'm like, didn't hear a crash or anything. I'm like, okay, like I'll make some phone calls and be as quiet as I can. So, uh, you know, I call Shelby and I tell her and I'm, you know, I'm basically crying at this point. And 
you know, she's, she's like, well, how do you feel about it? I'm like, oh, the shot felt good. Everything felt good. I just didn't see him crash, but I know I got a pretty good feeling that deer is going to die. Um, give my dad a call. I share the news with him and I got off my phone and I'm just sitting there and still nothing's going on. Everything's quiet, like dead quiet, eerie quiet, honestly. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I just started thinking and I'm like, holy crap that's the deer i wanted to kill for Devin. yep it kind of hit you there everything culminated and it was like wow like it hit you. yeah it all came to a point i'm like i cannot believe this like right then there i'm like he's with me right now like for sure he he's here (laughs) yep you know um and right then and there the tears just started rolling i mean i i I couldn't help but just lose it. I mean, everything hit me at once. And on cue, after I kind of gathered myself, I hear leaves kind of rustling around up by where I last saw him. And this buck is in reverse, backing up to the fence, and he stands on his hind two legs and just crashes and falls over. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wow. like, holy crap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he just went I'm, up there and just stood there. And you thought, I mean, you probably thought, like, did he leave? But you just couldn't see him then, right? Yeah. I, like I said, he went behind a great big briar bush. And after that briar bush, you cannot see anything. It goes straight into that thick stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I could not see him at all. And like I said, I made phone calls. I, like, sat there and this was like four or five minutes and I'm like expecting he just kind of maybe bedded down and died or, you know, he walked into that thick stuff and eventually died. But no, yeah. After everything hit me, I hear something. I look up and I saw that and I'm like, you got to be kidding me like this. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, he's laying dead right there and in that moment where I was starting to think about Devin and everything, every bow hunter has them. They have those doubts. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and instantly I thought, well, I let him down. And I'm like, if I can't find this deer, I let him down. And, and then after that, you know, it goes back and forth. You're like, no, I, I know I killed that deer. And then it's like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? And like I said, after all that, I watched him crash and it was just, it was a, a bliss moment for sure it was it was something dude that's awesome so so then you get down uh did you wait for some people to come and help you or did you go up there and just kind of have a moment with the deer by yourself well when um i got a hold of shelby and shelby said well i'm, I'm heading out there so i knew she was gonna come help me try to look for the deer um but yeah i after the phone call i kind of got down out of the tree and and I can see the deer from the tree and I'm just see a white belly. And I'm like, Holy crap, man. Like, this is it. This is, you know, he's laying right there. And yeah, I kind of just walked up towards him and I just stood there and looked at him for a minute. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And like I said, at that moment then and there, I felt like Devin was there. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just, the greatest feeling in the world. I'm just That's, standing there looking at him and 
still crying and <laughs> it's just that's so, all yeah, right we, though man like it's like this stuff can be emotional you know like yeah. uh i've had two instances and two deer i've killed and um got emotional in the tree i did it this year you know um it just it it eats us up man it's just we put so much time and effort and and sweat equity and everything into whitetails because we love them so much i don't want people to 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 take this as like a a misconception or something we love these animals so right. much that that's like we respect these animals you know and for sure and for you to do that and kind of walk up to them and you might have felt like you were by yourself but you know devin was there like he was yeah. there watching you and honestly i don't know him at all and this is just me thinking but you know, for him, for that deer to to walk behind there and not see him and you kind of going through a, a little mind screwing, it's probably Devin being like, you're going to, you're going to eat this one for a second and then I'm yeah, going to show no you, joke. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I, 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 that's the way I look at things, you know, and he, he could have been a prankster. I don't know, but like, that's the way oh, I would have looked at it. You know, <laughs> he's like just screwing with you and he's like, ah, I'm just kidding. Good job. You know, like one of those things. Yeah. Right. No, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, for sure. It was, and and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like a lot of people, whenever they get into the swing of bow hunting and they're going and doing all these things, some people, they get lost in why they're doing it. Sure. And, you know, last year's hunt with this buck, it, it really brought everything back to why I do it mm -hmm. and why we do it. You know, it, it really made me think about it for a minute. I was like, man, I, I don't ever want to get that big of a head on me to the point where it's like, you know, I'm just going to kill stuff. Yeah. It's, it's not about that at all. It's about going out there. It's about spending time with loved ones and then just join God's creation. That's what it's about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, dude, you, you nailed it. I mean, is as cliche as it kind of sounds, cause everybody kind of says that, you know what I mean? I believe in that as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no really other better way to say it. Um, and that's uh, just, it's so cool, man. And it's, it's, you know, I'm a big baseball guy and, you know, you hear the saying like baseball is romantic, like, like hunting is romantic to me. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, there's just, just a romantic thing about it and I love it, you know? So, yep. Well, How can you not love it? <laughs> I know it, dude. I did, I dedicate my whole life to, to whitetails, like 365 days a year. I mean, look at today, you and I are talking about whitetails. Last night I did a podcast talking about whitetails. Tomorrow I'm doing another podcast talking about whitetails. It's like, right. you know, I'm ate up with it. And then on my day job, I, f I film and edit a lot of whitetail and hunting and general content that, you know, I just, that's what I chose to do. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's a, it's one hell of a life for sure. Yeah. So explain to me this deer, like what's he look like? Well, his left side, he's basically got a, a three side on his left side. And like I talked about earlier, he had that distinct kind of like little bitty arch in it yep. towards the end of his main beam. Um, really tall. I mean, he's a really tall deer. Um, just got cool character. Um, and then on his right side, he's got a G three. That's probably about four inches long. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's a really typical, you know, seven and he's just, he's tall and, just a really cool looking deer. I couldn't be any more happy with any other, anything else. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, that property it's for, 
we do our best to, to kill three and a half year old or, or older deer. And, and that's what he was. I mean, you know, that's what we went in after and that's what we did. But, um, big body deer, <laughs> giant yeah. body deer, um, had a real pretty cape on him. I actually considered him getting shoulder mounted, but, uh, I ended up just doing a Euro on him that I like, I like to just pull the, pull the mounts off the wall, you know, Euro mount and just kind of look at them. So that's what yeah. I did with him, but good for you, man. That's awesome. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you reaching out to me and, and wanting to tell this story and everything and come on here. It's, that's cool. And I'm, I'm glad we did this. I know we had a couple hiccups. We had to reschedule a couple times, but I'm really glad we did this because that is pretty, pretty powerful. Like I said, and, and what a story, I mean, just a cool story, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's a little different deer story than you normally hear, you know? Yeah. And, um, I appreciate you coming on and doing this, man. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you for having me, man. It, it's truly a blessing. So yeah. If anybody wants to you know, see anything you're doing hunting related. I mean, do you guys, do you have any social media channels you can kind of, um, direct them to just to kind of, if they want to keep along or keep tabs on you and see what you're doing? Um, yeah, you can just find me on Facebook, Andy Hicks. Um, we also do, uh, veteran hunting and fishing, um, trips for, I mean, all paid for veteran hunting and fishing trips. Um, you can find that at central Missouri outdoors on Facebook. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I am is Facebook. That's where I'm easy to get a hold of, and that's where I do all my stuff. So, that's awesome, man. Very cool. Thank you again, dude, and good luck. You know, coming up this next season. Thank you, man. All right, there you have it. Thank you very much, Andy, for coming on and telling your story, man. That was uh, that was moving. That was that was that was heavy. It was pretty cool. Um, Thank you, everybody out there, for all the downloads and all the listens. Please tell a friend, tell somebody about it, uh, the podcast, and say, you know, this this guy is AB. He's he's got a cool podcast. If you're a hunter, go go check it out. I that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, go to iTunes, leave a five star rating, leave a written review. Also, go to Spotify and do a five star rating as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. So, thank you guys very much, and we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast. Thank you.